Hey guys, um, this has really just come into my brain. I was just sat doing my makeup and this has literally just like hurtled into my brain with like the speed and velocity of like a high-end car. I don't know what specific car, I don't know much about cars, but the like <laughs> urgency in which I felt I needed to speak on this was I'm trying to think of the correct word to like articulate how I feel. It was, I'm getting the word astounding and I feel like that's just not even cutting it. So what I want to talk about today is being the gifted child um, and the absolute trickery and lie and deceit that is being the gifted child and how it psychologically fucks us all up. I'm going to try and keep this one quite short. I've decided I'm going to start making like shorter podcasts like around like 15 minutes I feel like they're more digestible for people um and it will increase my exposure sorry I am a marketing girly now apparently (laughs) um yeah so basically a bit of backstory when I was very young I mean like we had like infant school and second not secondary school we had like infant school and like I don't know what was it called where you'd like reception to like year two and then we had like year three to year six but then they like merged like halfway through but for a while they were separate anyway so in infant school when I was really young I got told that I was this gifted child right and um did I let that go to my head absolutely of course I did what the fuck is happening to my audio sorry I'm I'm feeling incredibly ADHD today um and my audio is lagging out and it was really stressing me out um but yeah, so I, from, bear in mind, my class was very small, um, and I'm quite an academic, in a sense, like, I understand writing, and I understand numbers sometimes, like, I don't know, I just have, like, a quite a logical, analytical brain, um, and obviously some kids excel at that more than others, so I was one of the few academic-y type of people in my class I would say there was about five or six of us I was always on like the top table the smart table and whatever and that kind of carried through throughout the whole of school really like primary school and do I just want to say that I think do you know I understand like sets in secondary school in the sense of um grouping people with the the same abilities together in a class but one thing that I really didn't understand in primary school was grouping kids of the same ability on a table and I understand that they would all have different work to do but I feel like this just majorly disadvantages children that have um sort of less lesser developed skill sets because I would find it's sort of like this thing with um upper class elitism type of thing where it's like if you're born into that world, you have access. This is a very extreme example, but this is just what's coming to my mind. You have access to skills and resources that like regular people don't have. Um, it's the same as this table system. It's a very dumbed down version of the same thing. You're going to be sat next to someone who understands, I don't know, Pythagoras theorem 10 times better than someone who doesn't. They might be able to give someone who doesn't understand it a hand in a way that would be a lot more digestible for them. Um, but because we do this, like, classism, like, this is the thing with classism, and I'm not making this a classist podcast, like, that's not what this is about, but is that it really does, like, get ingrained in us young of, like, 
I want to be on the top set, on the top table or whatever. And this idea of the favoritism, if you're the smartest, if you can answer a test, if you're analytical, you will be the favorite. If you have like, I saw this thing once and it was basically saying that school doesn't teach you to be um, like a good person or be an entrepreneur or be someone who can be successful and be a millionaire and whatever. It teaches you to be a good worker for the like, basically the bourgeoisie anyone that doesn't know what that is it's basically got the bourgeoisie and the proletariat it's like psychological no it's not psychological it's sociological can you tell my brain is running at 100 miles an hour today bourgeoisie is basically the rich and the proletariat is basically the poor in sociological terms um i am literally like sociology like what would the word be i've been like conditioned sociologically in my brain to think about things in that way because I feel like saying the upper class and the lower class is kind of there's a lot more movement to it than that you know I don't know why this is becoming so class-based it's not really not what it's meant to be about um yeah so then kind of moving away from in secondary school I remember like I would go to like these maths challenges and these fucking events that were like for smart kids and like I would get to go on these trips for like smart kids or whatever and like I met this like architecture man or some shit I don't really know like I feel like in school like the teachers were like you're so gifted and that is really like so has been so detrimental to my like outlook on my life like especially as I got older and I think a big part of that is when you go into secondary school and you are then grouped with I don't know how many schools go into a secondary school maybe like 10 in the area or something Maybe that's a bit much, but I don't know. You're grouped with the the ten. How many gifted kids would you say in each in each class? Five, maybe. Um, so that's fifty kids across that those ten schools. So, and then if you whittle that down, not all fifty of them are going to be gifted. There's going to be one maybe in each class. So that's ten gifted kids right across the whole school in the secondary school. So those other. 40 kids that have been told they're gifted right and I've spoken to friends about this I've got one of my housemates she um was a runner and really smart and always worked loads of jobs and basically had this super super full schedule and she her parents were very on her about her grades and having to like perform to this level and she said that this has translated in her adult life in feeling like she can never catch a break like she can't just chill because she feels like she's disappointing someone and then I'm like but you're not disappointing anyone because there's no one like I'm not disappointed in you no one in this house is disappointed in you and she's like that's just the way I've been conditioned and it's kind of the same with me like because when I I would say as soon as I got into year seven I noticed that I was not this gifted brained Einstein that had been sort of like imposed upon me this idea that me and these few other kids in this class in primary school were like super super smart I was just normal smart like I wasn't dumb by any means but I wasn't I wasn't like anything special you know and I was just normal I was just a normal kid and it and it wasn't really recognized like I didn't really get this like you're really smart thing and I was in like top set maths for like a year in like because I think it was like year nine you start moving into like what was it like 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 graded set so you'd be in like second first second third fourth we had like four four groups um on each side of the year so I was in top set everything 
initially. Um, always stayed in top set English. English is my shit. I love English. But as for maths, um, I quickly realised that I just could not keep up. And it was degrading, do you know? Like, it was, it was really, like, embarrassing being, like, the dumbest person in the cleverest set. Because you go in thinking that you're going to be able to compete because all you've been told by your teachers is, oh, she's really, like, got it. She's understands these things and whatever. And, like, I feel like this kind of goes along with this absolutist mindset and this absolutist thinking of, like, especially with kids. Obviously, we want to bring kids up and we want to motivate them to be whatever they can be and, you know, and I feel like I've said so much and it's only eight minutes. So I do apologise if, like, this is really too fast. I just don't know what's happening to my brain today. Um, but yeah, we, like, we're always obviously wanting to lift kids up, but I actually think, like, my mum told me this, um, and I obviously have no memory of this because I was literally an infant, but she said that one thing that really pisses her off about people that parent is when they mollycoddle their kids. And I'm not going to lie, yeah, you do see some, like, people, like, I see people my age who just are the biggest whingy bitches ever, like, no offence, but we all know those people that are just, like, woe is me, oh my god, I've cut my finger, I'm gonna go and cry about it, where's my hugs and where's my kisses, do you know what I mean, and, like, my mum said that when I used to fall over when I was a kid, she'd be, like, she wouldn't, like, address it, like, and if I, like, started crying, she'd be, like, oh, it's fine, like, get up, whatever, like, but she wouldn't, like, be, like, oh, no, oh, my God, because it can, it, it conditions children to basically seek, like, acceptance or seek that, um, I don't know the psychology behind it, but I saw this, I don't know if you've seen these things, like, flying around on the internet, and it's, like, accidentally pretending that I knocked my baby's head, like, through a door and it's like they don't do it but then they're like oh my god I'm sorry and then the baby starts crying and it's like the baby wasn't crying it's like it's all psychology like it's literally just like mind games kind of thing and um yeah I don't know I think that sort of fared me well in the sense of when I hurt myself or when I like when I'm ill or whatever I just kind of get on with it but when it comes to like the academics like I am, I would say, a very, very average student. Um, I, this is actually a very good timing to make this video because I got my first um, really high mark in my uni assignment. I got an 82 and that was like ridiculously high. I couldn't believe it. Like I average like 50s to 70s, which is like, oh, it's fine. Like obviously that is bordering on a first, um, but most of the time, like, I would say I sit between, like, the 50 to 60, maybe 65 range, like, um, and that's kind of how it's been my whole life, I just average a half, and I don't, thing is, is, like, I don't really care, because I never grew up, like, my mum was never grade-oriented, she was never, she never pushed me to get good grades, she never pushed me to do not, not never push me to do better, that's not the right word, but she was always, like, it's okay, like, I know you're doing your best, and I'm not gonna lie, half the time I was not doing my best, I was out until 2am in the morning, the night before an exam, but, like, I'm not doing that now, but, but it's kind of this thing of, I was never 
that fear of disappointment was never instilled in me. Like, that's one thing that I can say I'm very grateful for. Thank you, mother, is she never imposed any disappointment in me based on my grades, which I think so many parents do. And I think it's such a toxic thing to sort of, like condition your child with is this thing of they need to perform or they need to be a certain way um and I also think schools do this um which is kind of the the whole gifted child mindset thing um where they sort of they they obviously know your potential but they also impose their ideas of what your potential is upon you and I saw this thing when I was really young and it stuck with me for literally years and anytime like my cousins are quite young they're like 12 10 and 12 and one of them she's just like me super academic um but more so she's like thriving in school she's super smart the other one is much more physical like I can see him going into like laboring or like farming like he's very like he's more on the what is the word for it begins with a v vocal vocational I don't fucking know but I don't think I want to say vocational but then I don't know if that's the right word like I feel like he'll be more of like a physical in, in a physical industry in the future and I said to him once when he was doing really like not very well in school and he was really struggling and I was like you can't judge a fish's ability by no you can't judge a fish's skill by their ability to climb a tree like because that's not what they're made for, and I think this is the thing, and this is kind of a bit of a wider topic that I want to talk about, but what I was saying about how they train you to be good workers, and it instills this thing of you of if you're not made for that, you will struggle, and I think one thing that I noticed is as I've gotten older, we are all hardwired to do something different, like I, spiritual beliefs, I believe we will have a path, like you can stick to it, you can stray from it, it doesn't matter, but I think we have something that we come to this earth that we are destined to do, that's just my belief system, you don't have to adhere to it, but I think that's why we have passions and hobbies and things that we aspire to be, or that we, like, you know, some people can just take to, like, the violin instantly, or ballet, or um, communication skills, some people just are naturally better at talking to people, naturally more introverted, more extroverted, I think there's traits that we have that we just naturally sort of adhere to, um, based on what our, like, life path should be, I guess, and, um, we kind of aren't taught to nurture those, because half the time we have these parental influences being like, you have to succeed, or you have to get an A in your test that, quite frankly, you don't give a fuck about, um, and then we get to adults and realise that we don't know what our hobbies are, we don't know what our passions are, we don't know what we like to do, and we've spent our whole life people-pleasing, and and then we get to adulthood where we can't communicate and we, we don't know what we want to do, and we get then we get to about 40, 50, and we have a midlife crisis because we're like, I hate my job, I don't probably like my husband, and my kids are following the same pattern I was because that's the way that I've taught them that they need to be is they need to perform you know and it's this vicious cycle and I think once you realize to get out of the cycle and yeah you're going to disappoint like a lot of people like I can't even tell you the amount of people I disappointed when I started changing like I don't know the trajectory of my life when I was like "Mm, I actually don't want like you anymore and like I don't I'm, like, I've always been the type of person that will say what I think, to my detriment, don't, don't, 
deny that. Like, it would get me in trouble. Like, I'd say things and people would be like, why did you say that? And I'd be like, yeah, true, why did I say that? And, like, now I've learned some tact, but it was always my weakness. People would like, oh, you just need to shut up and, like, read a book or some shit. I can't do that. My ADHD will not allow me to do that. And it's, like, before I was always trying to impress people and, like, oh, maybe I should read a book or, like, because I wanted to be on their good side or I wanted to people-please them. And now I make podcasts and I love it and it's, like, very successful for me because I decided to invest in my passions and develop the things that I like. And I think quite often, I've said this, I think, quite a few times before, but I will say it again, is... I think quite often the things that you are very, very good at or things that could be very profitable for you or successful for you lie in the things that you're most afraid of Um, because normally when you're a child, you have no inhibitions about anything um, because you haven't been conditioned into fear responses yet. Um, So you do things that you are naturally good at or you have a natural flair for and then some prick will shoot you down for it because they're probably jealous um like like I said before about how when I would just be in my mind and people are like shut up like same thing like I don't know there's like quite a few people I know that like have said they either like dance or do art or whatever and um they used to love doing it when they were younger and someone shot them down for it and it took them a really long time to build that back up again but now that's like a really profitable industry for them um it's one of those things where you kind of need to look back through your life at the things that um really like hurt you like for me there was a period of my life where I was like I'm just never gonna speak again and I literally sat in my room mute for like a month two months like don't don't get me wrong I spoke like but I was so like everyone hates me everything I say is wrong like I'm the worst person in the world whatever and like it took, like, a long time of me, like, sort of reconditioning my beliefs about myself and trying to, like, actually not really, like, rewire how, like, because I feel like we all have this thing, right, we, I, I can't, it is, it is a construct, it is, like, a thing that has been studied, but I can't remember what it's called, um, where we are constantly viewing ourselves through the lens of other people. We love to know what other people think of us, like, I don't know um, if anyone has ever done the thing where they've been like they're obsessed with how people perceive them I don't I am like when someone talks about you or talks about what they think of you you're like go on tell me more tell me more what like how am I perceived and I think a big part of understanding where your successes lie taking away from this gifted child mindset of being told from such a young age you're good at this or you're good at that or you will succeed in this field because when you were six you did well in a test in it um, is kind of reversing that and going, but what do I like to do? And even though this is probably going to cause, like, uproar in the family or whatever because they don't want me to do that. It's like OnlyFans and sex work, like, kind of a bit more taboo, but, like, all these girls that do it, and boys, I'm not going to discriminate, and trans people, everyone, everyone that does it, I'm not going to leave it to a gender, but they kind of I don't know I feel like that's not something that any parent would be happy about their child doing unless they were really sex positive family which is a good thing but I feel like for the large majority of families the last thing they would want their child to do is come home and say yeah I make I do porn now but if you really believe that is what you want to do you should do it and you shouldn't feel degraded or you shouldn't feel like stupid for doing it you know you should just do it 
and I think this is this is the final note I will leave you with because I just don't want to keep this short is find out what you like to do and look back through your life in terms of the things that you've been shut down for and did you actually like doing them and if you did keep doing them and you never know where they're gonna lead love you guys bye